Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. All right, guys, we are here with someone very special. You may follow her on Instagram. Samantha Bush from Bravo Historian. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so ready to talk to you about like Beverly Hills, the season, Garcelle, Sutton, the whole thing. Garcelle, Sutton. I love that you named them both in particular because I absolutely adore them. Uh, This episode is landing after part two. We could not wait to discuss it. Obviously, there's much we should touch on with part one as well. So, you know, we'll definitely get into that, but I want to also talk a little bit about you. Let's talk about Samantha. Oh God, God, okay. (laughs) Well, I would just like our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So why don't we start with just some like main Bravo questions? Like what are your top three favorite Bravo shows? Oh, my top three. Okay. Well, it depends on the seasons we're talking about. So like uh, top tier, just longevity wise that has been so consistent is New York City Mm -hmm. it's just I mean seasons like 2 to 11 like nothing gets better than that to me right right. Uh, so they're the most consistent I do love an early Vanderpump moment I really really do um and I don't know if anything will compare to the finale of season one of Southern Charm (laughs) like there you go okay like nothing will ever compare it to that. Like Catherine holding that baby. I was like, what is going on right now? So I, I love Southern Charm, but then I also love Potomac. Like Potomac yeah. is also like my crown jewel. Right, right. Well, and Potomac is, you know, fairly newer right. in the housewife space, at least. So mm-hmm. I get that. It sort of sits on its own pedestal, even in my opinion. It's sort of like always going to be over here and like yeah. high up. Yeah. It's like the second generation of Bravo. Like yes. it's still amazing. It's just like, it didn't come in at like the OGs, like New York or Atlanta or uh, Orange County. Absolutely. Okay. So then knowing those are some of your favorite shows, who would you say are your top three housewives? Oh my God. I love Dorinda Medley. Like I, I, adore Dorinda. I live and breathe for Dorinda. Like she's just one of those housewives that like I get people's issue with her. I just, like, I totally understand. I just seem to look past it. I I recognize her flaws. Um, So I love Dorinda. I love Karen Huger. Like Karen Huger can do no wrong in my, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, And then my other favorite, Heather Dubrow. Oh my God. You Orange know, County. my mom is obsessed with Orange County. She's been on the podcast before, like briefly. <laughs> I just so gave cute. her, or it was actually just back in the summertime. And I was like, mom, I need you to answer a question. Do you think Erica knew? And number two, 
what do you think about Heather Dubrow returning to Orange County? And she is so excited about Heather's return. I was just like, oh, she's adorable. My mom's adorable. I, I love that. <laughs> Those are solid, solid answers. And I know what you mean about Dorinda, because I think with favorite housewives, as fans, we can put our blinders on. And I... I am famous for doing this with Kenya Moore. Like I will forgive oh, Kenya for anything that she says or does. And I will find a way to justify everything <laughs> she says and does. And someone else can do the exact same thing, like you know, Candace on Potomac or something. And I will just be yeah. like, mm -mm, unacceptable. But Kenya, she is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, I, I find people do that with Teresa Giudice as yep. well. Like the mental gymnastics, like people go through to like defend Teresa sometimes just really kills me. And I love her. It's just like people really ride hard. Yeah. Oh, they really do. I follow a couple of fan accounts that are Teresa specific just because they oh, track me. Teresa up. updates. Oh, Teresa updates. Hello. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Last one of top three house husbands. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, I'm not going to say the easy answer, which is like Mauricio, right? right I'm not going right. to go there. Cause that's like a given. So I'm going to say, you know, I really love an Evan Goldschneider. Mm -hmm. I just think he is just a uh, chef's kiss. Yep. Um, my other favorite house husband probably is Terry Dubro because I think he's just got a really good sense of humor. And I like him and Heather's like relationship. And then my other one, Harry Hamlin. Harry Hamlin. I love him. Harry love Hamlin. Him. Harry Hamlin. <laughs> and his pasta sauce. <laughs> and his sauce and his garden and his little fire pool he has. In I case mean, there's bless, a fire. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Um, okay. You also have your own podcast. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a podcast. Um, it's uh, with the network of the dip. So I, it's called hot off the mess and it comes out every Tuesday and Friday. So Tuesday is more like pop culture related. And then Fridays um, is Bravo Friday. So I talk like all the news that's been going on for the week with Bravo, which is there's always something that's never a slow news week with Bravo, um, especially in 2021, when I feel like there's a lot of court related mm -hmm. situations going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, I mean, I love it. I have, a, I have some amazing guests. Sometimes I'm solo by myself and I really, I really lean into being an only child and just like start talking to myself. Girl, I'm an only child too. Oh, I know exactly are? how you feel. Yeah. A lot <laughs> yeah, of people. I'm like, it's interesting. A lot of people will say, oh, I, I didn't expect you to be an only child. And I'm like, I, is that a compliment? No, I don't know. I get that, that a lot. I'm what like, does that even mean? I don't know. And they never really have an answer for me. Right. I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess Did it is a compliment. Like, I'm going to take it as that. Yeah. I think they're saying mm -hmm. like, you are not a brat in the way that only children are expected to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with I that. Mean, I'm going to go. Yeah. With let's, that. let's, let's, let's go with that one. Okay, so like I said at the top of the episode, we are here because Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has had probably the most epic season ever, and we are here in reunion time. We've gone through part one, we've gone through part two just now, and I really just need to discuss it with someone. So please help me, and yeah. why don't we actually start with your thoughts on what went down in part one? Okay. Where do we begin? <sighs> Part one, first of all, I was blown away by the fact that we even got into some Erica stuff in part one. Yeah. I was like, Bravo is going to leave us with a to be continued until part four. <laughs> like that is just what I expected. They didn't, they, they gave us little nuggets like in part one, which I really liked. Um, I really think Rina is having a tough time. Mm -hmm. That whole interaction with Garcelle was just very odd. Well, it was really tough to watch because as you mentioned earlier in the episode, we love Garcelle, we love Sutton. There's been moments, and I talked about this with Megan when we recapped part one, that, you know, the word bully has been used by Dorit in reference to Garcelle. And I think I felt especially in this part of the reunion that the bullying was happening in the other direction. It was happening towards Garcelle from Rinna and Dorit, you know, and it seemed unwarranted in many ways. 
It was very strange. And it, what was even weirder was Dorit was saying, like, I used the wrong word, but then kept giving the definition for the word bully and saying that it was applicable to what she was saying about Garcelle. So I was like, Dorit, which is it? Like, Dorit can never seem to like decide where she wants to go with an argument. I, I know, right? That's it, what I was so saying. frustrating. Andy even was like, what do you want Garcelle to do? She's either too direct with you or she talks behind your back. Like, right, which is it? And what cracks me up the most when Dorit says, well, I didn't use the right word. It's always, well, you speak so many languages. You would think you'd be able to choose your words a little more wisely. Mm-hmm. You know what She's I mean? She's a child of the world. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, that whole segment was a lot you know we had the Erica stuff that we touched on we got into all of this with Garcelle and you know Rinna and and Dorit and then thank God by the end we had a little bit of Kathy I needed something to alleviate the tension in the room I needed my Kathy I need my calf <laughs> I just love my little Kathy <laughs> now what did you think when you heard that Kathy was finally joining this season of Beverly Hills I was cautious because I had just seen the Paris Hilton documentary. Right. So I had only, and I, and I had really only ever heard of her when Kyle would say like, I'm not going to Nikki's wedding or I'm not talking to Kathy. So like, I didn't know what to expect. I thought she would be a lot colder. Yeah. Than she is. I don't know, but I was pleasantly surprised. Right. Now, When the season first started, I think Megan and I had a conversation about, you know, especially after watching the Paris documentary, we talked about how Paris made it a point to put on this character for so many years. It was the character people expected her to be. Do you think that Kathy in some ways has leaned into something similar and and showed up knowing that this season was probably going to need some comic relief? So she just kind of acted even kookier than she is? I don't know. I mean, Kim is pretty kooky. So I feel like it's just like in the genetic code. Yep. (laughs) And I also, I'm not sure Kathy, like I, I totally get what you're saying. And there's a part of like a cynical part of me. That's like, she's just putting this on for the show and whatever. But I also am like, not that, I don't think she's that aware that she's on television. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's that like calculating. I mean, maybe she is. No, that I, is a, I that, really don't know. Like That is a good point though, because I said that the second she sat down on that reunion couch is the actual moment she realized she was on a reality show. Like then yeah. it all clicked for her. She was like, oh, mm-hmm. right. Cameras. Yeah. Oh, we're She's doing like, I'm on a set. Okay. <laughs> right. This is it's, going on right house. now. <laughs> well, even on Watch What Happens Live, it was so funny because like she kept like disassociating like when Kyle would talk, she just would stare out into the audience. <laughs> I was like, Kathy, girl, they got they got a camera on you right now. <laughs> like they're we're watching you. She's thinking about the lady. She's thinking about She's where's my phone? Where did I leave my phone? <laughs> the lady. <laughs> She's so funny. And she brings, and Andy even brought it up, uh, um, that she brought her purse with her. Like she always has her right. purse. I just love that. Yeah, that is very characteristic of old school kooky behavior. She just is kind of a little kooky. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Um, Anything else from part one that stands out to you before we jump into part two? Yes, really quick. Yeah. Sutton got broken up with on Valentine's Day. I know. That is so unfair. Sutton, you and your boyfriend, Michael, broke up, unfortunately. Yes. What happened? We're on a nice Valentine's weekend, and he broke up with me. On the weekend? Valentine's weekend? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that is so rude. I know. I know. Oh, that just, like, got me so upset. But she, I'm glad to see that she's out dating. Yeah, well, I I did enjoy. I talked to her at the beginning of this season, and she was, I guess, at that point, you know, single, looking to mingle on some dating profiles. She had entrusted uh, a Dorit, I think, with some with the keys on the swiping at one point. Oh, okay. You know, and there was some activity there. But I would imagine it's it's difficult, even, you know, for someone, especially someone like Erica at this point, it must be difficult for women of Sutton's status 
to find uh. a man. And we see it with Sonia on Real Housewives of New York City, mm-hmm. going on dates, trying to find that guy. It must be difficult for, for women in their position. I think it's probably so hard to go from being married to someone who owned like secretly owned baseball teams, like clearly had, was very wealthy. Um, it's probably like, I don't know, hard. I mean, I feel like it's hard to date anyways, let alone date when you're, you know, like in your fifties, like you're kind of famous now. Like, it's just, I feel like that would be just really difficult. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, hopefully, you know, next season, maybe we'll see Sutton, if there is a next season, of course. (laughs) If. If. uh, We'll see Sutton blossom with a I new man so. I, I would really like to see like her and Garcelle dating like her and Garcelle going on a dates together with like guys and just being fun like almost like a Luann Sonia situation yes yes a little double day action we would mm-hmm. love to see. yeah oh my god yes okay so part two of the reunion wow like wow whoa okay so we again, are touching on the Erica stuff. We learn a little bit more about Tom's affairs, how many mm-hmm. women there were, why she didn't reveal to Garcelle about this, this one affair. And the mm-hmm. first quote that jumped out at me in this conversation was because of who it was. And at, at first, when Erica said that, I was like, oh, did she not say that Tom was cheating because she was talking to Garcelle? Or is she referring to to the woman mistress? So now right. I'm like, who can investigate this? Like, we need some, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram, social media to find out who this woman is because it's got to be out there somewhere, right? Yeah. No, I had the exact same thought. I was like, is she saying that because she said it got to Garcelle, or you know, like I wasn't sure. Liz Poppy tweeted, "Why did you lie to Garcelle about Tom's infidelity? You told her point blank there were no other women because of who it was." But I think with Erica and Garcelle, there is like this level of like respect with each other. Like they, they don't like Garcelle doesn't seem to take issue with Erica really. She just, she just has questions. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point because we also learned, I forget if it was in part one or or maybe it was discussed in this part where Sutton and Crystal kind of come to the uh, realization that they're similar in some ways. So I wonder if, you know, I wonder if Garcelle and Erica have this kind of understanding that some of the way that they move through this world in in somewhat of a guarded way, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that's a similarity that they just haven't totally acknowledged publicly yet. Yeah. Like they both kind of, I feel like have trust issues yeah. with people so like they're both very careful who they what they say to someone or right you right. know yeah so Garcelle might not necessarily have taken it so personally that Erica didn't reveal you know the part yeah. about Tom but it was just sort of but then you know that whole mess with talking about how Tom calls her and that oh god Ooh, my Ooh. goodness my that goodness. drama <laughs> that drama I mean yeah that was that oh, was a lot um, that was a lot Now, I'm curious your thoughts then on Andy asking Kyle, you know, what did she actually know? Was there more that she knew? And the way Kyle navigated that answer about, well, over the years, there's been all of these hints. Do -hmm. you think there's more that Kyle isn't saying? Oh, for sure. I think there's so much more Kyle is not saying. And then I can only assume that Kyle has heard many things through the rumor mill in Beverly Hills. I'm just like, Kyle, you know so much. People who are major fans of Kyle or whatever it may be, they definitely pop off whenever Lisa comments on something that goes on on the show. But I'm also like, she's going to get asked this in press. People are going to, no matter how much distance she creates between herself and Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. she is still in the Bravo family. She will always be associated to the show. People are going to ask her about that. So I, you know- I, I mean, people of, still ask Carol about Bethany and it's been like right. years. Like it will never, like she'll never escape it. <laughs> it's right, just with right. you forever. Yeah, I mean, and I don't blame Kyle for not bringing it to the show because she's obviously totally. so close with Erica and Kyle's not necessarily one to 
really bring something that's going to damage someone like to that degree that bringing yeah. up the show would have. But I wish maybe then Kyle had shared a little bit more this season about what she had heard. Yeah, Kyle has a really, it's honestly a gift. It's like a talent of hers <laughs> to kind of play both sides and she does it in right. such a in a perfect way like where she you can't really ever like get that mad at her for it because she does it so perfectly like so I think she probably hears so many rumors about everybody on the show yeah and so she's probably like I'm not gonna bring this up unless I have like actual facts you know where receipts or as Kathy says notes Right. I brought little notes. I brought little notes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's so interesting. Erica also talks about leaving and answers this question, you know, without giving any information really about how she afforded her departure, which I thought was really interesting. So are we to assume that she had financial help from someone else. I mean, we know it wasn't Sutton. Sutton offered her money. Right. And then that did not go so well over the course of the season between the two of them. But I'm wondering, did someone else step in? Was there, you know, what happened there? Erica, Lucille from Buffalo said, if you were kept away from your own finances, how were you able to close out parts of your life and rent a house, lease a car, and move without Tom knowing? Not able to answer that question but it was well within legal bounds. I did nothing wrong, but I'm not gonna answer that question. I don't know. And I was shocked by the amount of questions Erica actually answered. Yeah. Like, I, I, I gotta give it to her a little bit. Like, cause we, again, this is all alleged. We don't know for sure what happened or her involvement, but I was just really, really surprised by like the amount of questions that she actually answered. Yeah. But when it comes to her finances, I just don't, I'm getting so many conflicting, like in so much conflicting information. Right, right. Well, it is interesting, you know, going back to your point about Erica answering all of the questions in a way that maybe a lot of us didn't expect. You know, she says, I have to survive this. You know, and she says it in this very honest and composed way. And and this composure is something we really haven't seen from her all season long, at least since the lawsuit stuff really, really blew up. So it's Mm -hmm. one of two things in my mind. It's somebody, maybe her lawyers, told her, when you show up to this, you got to approach it from a different way. Or yeah. she just as an individual, I mean, that is number one and feels like <laughs> the lawyers are probably like, please, please, you have to like calm please. down. Or, I mean, the other side of it, you know, to play devil's advocate is that Erica has had the time to reflect. And, you know, to be fair, they were filming through all of these things hitting the media. So Erica was dealing with this in real time and under a lot of pressure. And all of that, you know, can be true while also there are victims and, you know, orphans and right. widows involved in, and whatnot. So, you know, I think it, it could be a little bit of both of those things. Like she received some, um, you know, counsel, some recommendation to show up looking a little bit more innocent in a pastel color mm-hmm. and, you know, answer the questions to the best of her ability. And maybe she also just took that time to think like, I really need to show a, a different and maybe stronger side of my strong life. yet like a softer side exactly yeah no I totally agree I'm like did she take PK's advice but then <laughs> I've looked at her social media recently I'm like she didn't no I mean there was She's that one story panel about com- yeah comparing herself to Jesus and I was oh, like oh god boy. I was like Erica <laughs> I was like why are you doing this to us why are you doing this and I mean um, she even said she's like I like to troll like well, right but like does trolling but this assault, isn't it no I mean this isn't even, it well even from your perspective as someone who is you know an Instagram influencer you have a lot of followers you get a lot of interactions I'm sure you get crazy dms from people yeah in in your experience does trolling the trolls ever actually help anyone no it's <laughs> right. also like 
it just makes you feel so icky. Like, cause yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I have trolled the trolls before and it just like makes you feel kind of like afterwards. Yeah. Just like that doesn't feel good. But so the thing with like Rinna, for example, she's trolling the trolls and it's kind of funny because there's not a lot at stake with Rinna. Yeah. It's like, we're not talking about, you know, taking money from plane crash victims. We're talking right. about like Amelia and Scott. <laughs> Like it's yeah. not, you know, that deep. Right. So right. Erica needs to like chill on the yeah. trolling. She needs some, um, she needs some help. She needs some like media training. Or social media <laughs> strategy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you, um, you mentioned Amelia and the Scott, we need to get into all of that, but I do want to touch on one more thing mm-hmm. as it relates to Erica. And it was something that I really connected with in a lot of ways. And it was the way she was talking about Tom and his dementia and this idea of a loop, you know, and I'll I'll mention it too later on in in the episode when we get into Kathy and Kyle, but like, I lost my grandmother at the top of the year. She had dementia. She was very sorry. Thank you. No, thank you. And, and, but when they were explaining that loop and just Mm. the, the way that he was, it really, made me not that I was questioning whether Tom had dementia and if he was on a downward you know trend with the whole thing but it definitely was something that certainly factors in I think to the way Erica did behave over the course of the season like not only was she leaving this man Mm -hmm. who she had been with and not only was there all of these lawsuits and these horrible things that he's being you know accused of and everything but she's dealing with watching someone that she loved, maybe still loves in some way, deteriorate. And she had been for a really long time. And that's heavy, no matter what. That's the hardest thing ever. I, my grandma passed away from Alzheimer's. And so, like you said, like there is a vacancy yeah. that when pointed out, when we rewatch that scene where he's telling that story, you can see it. And like, I yeah. remember my grandma was on that loop. Like she couldn't remember like how, you know, what she did yesterday, but she would tell the same stories over and over again. Like if you prompted her, like if you were just like, oh, we went to a baseball game. She was like, oh my God. And she would tell the same story about how her word dad and brother word. watched baseball game. It's sick. Oh, like where it was like, she was reading it. Yeah. So it's like, I, I have sit, I have like empathy for Erica in that, like that also was probably a really, really hard decision, like to leave him, um, because he's clearly not well, um, probably hasn't been. And like right. she said, he was like, I mean, I, I remember the day we took my key, the keys away from my grandmother, you know, cause she couldn't drive anymore. And it was the, a really, really, really hard day. I can't imagine telling one of the most powerful lawyers in LA that he has to stop practicing. Like right. that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, we have to on, be honest about that. Well, of course. And it's <laughs> right. touched on in this part of the reunion where it was always, people were afraid to tell Tom what he didn't want to hear because mm-hmm. they didn't want to get sued. And that includes the doctors that might've been diagnosing yeah. him. So, you know, we, we, it speaks to the side of Tom that Erica has been telling us about that we haven't seen over the years, that there might've been hints. And obviously Kyle saw them being closer to her. We didn't mm-hmm. see it as much on the show. You know, we did at times. So, you know, it, it's just speaking to the Tom that we didn't get to see and that Erica is trying to reveal. I am intrigued to see Erica and Kyle kind of have a come to Jesus with one another because and I've said this on my podcast and on Instagram and stuff, but like Erica obviously has issues with Sutton. Like clearly, obviously we all know Erica's not shy about it because Sutton has been so upfront with Erica about like how she feels. Yeah. But Kyle really hasn't. So Erica had to sit and watch her confessionals and like watch the dinners with Mauricio and PK. And like, so I'm more interested to see how that whole thing plays out right that's definitely I'm excited to see that it has to be addressed it, it's going to be addressed oh it has right. to be because I mean Kyle said in the uh, first part she was like yeah Erica hasn't spoken to me right 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 yeah. Oh, yeah it was really funny he caught her and he was like 
oh, she was said something about, oh, there's a headline that says like, Erica and I aren't talking right now. And Andy's like, well, have you talked to Erica? And she's like, well, no. I know. He's <laughs> like, like, all right, we'll I get into that. That's a true headline then. <laughs> right. I guess some of what's out there is true. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia and Scott and Rinna and all of it. Oh my God. Oh, so going into the season... We all heard, you know, what was going on in the media. We, we heard these rumblings and I wasn't sure how much of it would make the show. I didn't necessarily expect Amelia and Scott to show up and film with Rinna right. or any of that sort of stuff, but I wasn't really sure how much of it we were going to get. And we, we, we tapped into it. We, we, we got a little bit. But I was hoping Rina made for sure little... that we talked about Rina it. Made sure of it. Yeah, Rina was like, was... "My daughter is gonna date a pseudo Kardashian. Like, we're gonna f- talk about it." Like, right. she was, wh- like, she, when she was in the car with Erica and she first brought it up, like, she wants to talk about this so bad. Like, any chance Rina can like make the like attention go to her or her family, like, she'll do it. I know. She's happy to. I just wondered too, in behind the scenes of Hollywood connections, and obviously Kyle is close with Chris. Do we really think there wasn't any sort of conversation behind the scenes that was like, how do, how are we going to spin this? How are we going to play this? Or was it like, hands off, that's my daughter. She's going to do what she wants to do. Scott's going to do what he wants to do. That's it. I appreciated the fact that, like, they were like very what the fuck about it like they <laughs> right. weren't like blindly just like oh you know age is just a number like they fully acknowledged that this was like very bizarre but i don't believe for one second that kyle and chris did not talk about it right like, thank you not no that just didn't happen you know, Kyle and Chris had a glass of wine at catch and they were talking about it. There is this idea out there that Chris is just the puppeteer, right? That oh. she is just pulling the strings at all I times. So, and I, I, we all know that we love that about her. That is what we respect about her. So I can't imagine, like you said, that there wasn't some kind of conversation about it yeah there had to have been and I also loved the fact that the the dm Scott sent Eunice right about Courtney got brought up and how Rena was pretty much just like yeah that definitely played a role in their breakup yeah, like <laughs> of hello. course it did <laughs> um and I like that Rena was just like I troll and I am happy that they're not together basically anymore you know yeah. like she was I think Rena probably knew that it wasn't gonna last so she wasn't putting that much into it. Like yeah. Putting that much energy into it. Right. No, it's true. And I was looking up what Amelia's response was around the time that the breakup happened. And I guess she had mm-hmm. posted an Instagram story and it had the quote, the longer you entertain what's not for you, the longer you postpone what is. And it said, read that again. I was like, Ooh. oh. Damn. That's kind of, that's deep. <laughs> it is deep. I mean, obviously, you know, she recognized maybe from the beginning, it wasn't the best idea for her, but she's super, super young. And then I think of it from the perspective of Scott and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh my God. Well, and I always remind myself, like what was going on at that time? Like he had just broken up with Sophia Ritchie in right. August or they broke up. I don't know who broke up with who. And then him and uh, Amelia started dating in like October. I'm like, what is going on? When Harry Hamlin tried to like equate it to him dating Ursula. I'm like, yeah, but you were almost 30 well, when you dated yes. the woman that was a lot older than you. Like it's very different. Um, it's like, it's not necessarily the age gap. That's the problem. It's, it's the, the age. Ages. Yeah, right. exactly. that's the problem. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I think it was part two, right? Um, when Sutton and Lisa had the thing about their daughters. Yes. How would Amelia and Porter vibe on a play date? You said, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the play date. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> what was your reaction to that? It didn't feel great because we're like mama bears with our kids, you know? So I, of course, didn't love it. No, 
think they just grew up in a different way. Porter didn't grow up with Hollywood parents, so it's a very different lifestyle. I didn't mean it in a bad way. Uh, Rena, like, you can't be that offended. I mean, they're two very different girls. Like, they're not going to be hanging out. Right. And here's the other thing is Sutton's interview moment could have also been perceived as shade to her own daughter. That's just like, right. oh, no, my, my daughter can't. She, she's not. She's not cool enough, you know, like it yeah. could go either way. Yeah, like it, she was just like, no, this is not going to happen. We're just being polite. <laughs> right, right. Poor Porter. I hope she finds, you know, some really <sighs> nice, cool friends in Beverly Hills. I hope Hills. so too. <laughs> I hope so too. We mentioned Harry Hamlin before. Would you rather have some of Harry Hamlin's pasta sauce or Kyle's lasagna? Harry Hamlin's sauce. Oh, oh the way that you just like gestured and like, yeah, like, like you well, are crushing. I love him. Like him and his little pies, like the way he can like find his way around a farmer's market. Like there's just something just so amazing about Harry Hamlin. I totally get it. He was the sexiest man alive for a reason. <laughs> yeah, definitely the sauce. Cause I don't like that Kyle puts onions in her lasagna. Okay. I was a little alarmed by that too, but I yeah. let it go. Cause I wasn't really sure if I was in a position in my life to like judge somebody's lasagna, but it seemed kind of weird. I'm a thousand percent not in the position. I had uh, <laughs> plant-based chicken nuggets today. Like I am trash. But I just know that onions don't belong in the lasagna. Does she caramelize them first? Or is it just like they go in and cook with it? I, you know, I don't know. Is it part of the sauce? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, and I don't want to find out. I'm, good, I'm good with um, Harry Hamlin's sauce because it looks delicious. I might be with you on that now that we've talked that through. Like, I think. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad we got to like wrap it out. We got to, right. you know, work <laughs> through it together. <laughs> okay, so then the next part of this reunion, we really get into... Kyle and Kathy and their history together. I don't know if you know this, but I have like a weird obsession with learning things about their mom, Big Kathy. Mm -hmm. It's a dark figure. I know. So, okay. So tell me more in like the research that you have done. I've done extensive research. <laughs> and by extensive, I mean, I've looked up genealogy. I've r read excerpts from the House of Hilton. Wow. <laughs> like I've gone deep. Okay. Dedication, yeah. Dedication. I got as deep as possible because they really are a very private family. Right. Like, I think that that's pretty obvious given the fact that they were so upset that Kyle outed uh, Kim's, you know, struggles with addiction and um, America, the whole American woman situation. Um, but Big Kathy was quite the character. Yeah. And I think that they're really protective of that because they like the things that are written about her in the house of Hilton are not great, but like these girls, her girls are so like protective. They're so protective. of Yeah. Them, yeah. In a way that's like, what happened in well, that right. household? Right. So that's really interesting because I think maybe then that speaks to why Kathy was so upset seeing what happened in season one with, you know, Kim and Kyle. Right. And, and just the fact that Kyle was producing this show that was based on their experience. You know, as soon as more of those details become public, that protection, is, it's out of your hands. Like that, that image of what maybe you have of your mother is yeah. no longer just yours and your family's. It's now up to the world to, to pass judgment on. And, you know, Kathy's family has been in the spotlight for a long time. So maybe that yeah. was the last, those were the last moments of privacy she felt like her family had. But I feel like there is so much more that we are truly only scratching the surface. And I know Kim yeah. is working on that memoir. Ugh, and I'm like, give me that memoir. Inject it into my veins. I must Ugh, I want the audiobook. <laughs> yes. I need Kimmy to just read me page by page. Yeah. And the thing is, I, because Kathy is older than Kyle, I also think each of the girls have such a different relationship with their mom. And I think Kyle has more of a sense of humor about what she had gone through as a kid, like yeah. driving herself to school when she was 13 or going to studio 54 when she was like 11 years old. Like, I think she has, uh, just a very different experience. Right. And I think Kathy saw a lot more 
Yeah. And I think Kathy saw how, you know, her mom was with Kyle and Kim and, you know, cause when they were little, like Kathy was already getting married, right. You know, to Rick. So, yeah, no, it's so true. And it's interesting because, you know, we touched on being only children. We touched on our yeah. grandparents before. And, you know, my mom has two sisters and she's the oldest of the sisters. I have said this before on the podcast, but my mom reminds me of Kim Richards. Like they, they have a similar physicality, maybe not so much like behaviorally, but like they look kind of similar and do have their own sort of quirks, you know? Okay. Um, so then seeing all of this, you know, conversation about their history and all the time that they weren't spending apart. My mom's had similar ups and downs with her siblings. And I was talking to her just recently and she said, you know, it's something, Eric, you probably don't understand because you're an only child. And she didn't mean it to be shady, but she was just mm -hmm. like, you don't understand the complexities of a sibling relationship. And I was like, you're right. I really I, don't. I definitely don't. <laughs> I have the same feeling like, but I have a friend who's got three older sisters and I don't understand their relationships. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what right. the hell is going on? I know. Like, I don't get it. You can go all of this time not speaking. You can have these crazy fights. And somehow, some way, you, you find yourself back together, which doesn't And you're fine. Happen. And you're fine. And you're totally mm -hmm. fine. And that's, you know, my mom is sort of in that place with her her sisters now. And I'm always like, oh, you guys are, are past that. And she's like, oh yeah, that was last week's issue. You know, and it, it's- Yeah, I'm, they're like, we're moving on. Right, we're moving on. Yeah. And I'm happy yeah. that, you know- Kyle and Kathy have been able to move forward and that, you know, Kathy is on the show now. And, you know, Kathy's probably happy the show got canceled. Right. right. Like we have to remember, Kyle didn't pull the, you know, she didn't cancel the show herself because she wanted to save the relationship with her sisters. Well, she, we know that she doesn't watch much TV. She wasn't really sure where Bravo, what channel that was. Oh God, <laughs> that live Instagram, I'll never forget. It's, it also is just so telling of her kookiness, like that she truly mm -hmm. just wanted to tell her friends like the channel number on cable that Bravo was. She's like, I knew it was on Bravo, but just what channel number is it? I know. I'm like, it's not channel 12. Like it's not, we're not in 1981 right. anymore. <laughs> like, right, right. It's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's so true. Oh God, God bless her. What sign are you? I'm a Taurus. Oh my God. Yeah, what so are you're you stubborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Oops, I was Scorpio. just curious. Yeah. <laughs> Also seeing Kathy get so emotional <gasps> was, I don't know, oh really God. kind of powerful. It, it was one of those things where she was so fun and funny and such a comic relief for most of the season. She showed up like as a housewife at that one dinner in Del Mar where she was sort of like, I feel uncomfortable with like the tension here. She sort of brought, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. herself to the scene. <laughs> yeah, her and Kyle both just stir it up. And they right. go, yeah, Kathy will be like, Thomasina and like you know she'll make a joke about something but she's really stirring the pot and I appreciate yeah. that quality absolutely uh and and then finally here at this reunion we saw the flip side the the you know we saw her break down that one time in the interview where she was talking yeah. about the 10 years that they spent apart but in this particular moment you know, we really saw that this is something that deeply deeply affects her you know <laughs> I do feel like it's really hard for Kathy to um, talk about any of this, any of this thing to do with my our mom. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and I don't think Kyle maybe even fully realized how affected Kathy was by it because Kathy and Kim had each other during that time. Kyle was kind of on the outs. Yeah. So I maybe she didn't really realize how sad it really made little Kathy. Right, right. That is true. That is But she point. was weeping. Yeah. Like yeah. fully weeping in Kyle's arms. And I was like, this is powerful. And then of course, you know, it kind of took me out of the moment we got the shot of Kyle's, the back of her head <laughs> with all the clips with that and the hair. <laughs> it, the Lizzie McGuire updo. I was like, what is going on right now? Loved I it. Know. 
there are things that Kyle does, choices <laughs> that she makes fashion wise that I, I want to applaud her bravery, but I don't mm -hmm. want to celebrate it too much because mm -hmm. I hear you, but I'm, I'm not here for you. You <laughs> right. know, I hear you, but I'm, I'm not going to listen anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like Camille said something like that once at a dinner. She was like, I she, she said something. She's like, but I will not stand for it. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's just like, it always sticks with me. Like the way she said it. Oh God. Camille. Right. Well, what do you think about her antics tweeting and, you know, Camille Donatacci? Yes, exactly. Grammar Meyer. <laughs> I love her. I, I think she is doing what any ex-housewife does and still stays in it. Like I, yeah. like we talked about it earlier. Once you're in Bravo, like you're not getting out. It's like, the, it's like the mafia. Like you're always right. in the family. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like her takes. I think it's, I loved her shade about Erica not wearing waterproof mascara. Like I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her on Watch What Happens Live. I always love, I always love a Camille. Yes. Except for when we're talking about politics. Other than that. Yeah. Right. I, I always want her commentary on what's going on, which is why I like her as a friend of, and I feel like she should just be a permanent friend of every season, even if she's not there the whole time. Like we need her to pop in and just share her POV. Yeah, like a little cameo. Yeah. Like a little, ooh, we're at a dinner, you know? <laughs> right. That kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on Beverly Hills and maybe what to expect in the next couple of parts? Oh my God. First of all, I'm thrilled we're getting four parts. I know. I don't think Bravo would give us four parts if it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Because I think back to the other time there was a four part reunion with Atlanta and that was thrilling. Huge. Yeah. It was a month of just pure, <laughs> pure chaos. And right. I loved it. And I, I don't think that they would steer us wrong with this because people are like oh it's probably gonna have a fluff episode I'm like I don't think so we didn't get a fluff episode of Beverly Hills like the, throughout the season right there's no time for yeah. a fluff episode who has time for that yeah there's too much there's way too, too much. much going on what do you think I mean I you know we've already covered so much ground with Erica but I think there is a little bit more to dig into that she's going to need to answer for in terms of other issues that we haven't totally addressed this season, like there, there's not a huge number that stand out to me that haven't really been covered. Yeah. Um, but there's always stuff that I'm like, oh my God, that's right. That happened at the beginning of the season. And like, I completely yeah. forgot about that because, you know, there's always something unresolved that needs to, to come up. But yeah, two more parts, definitely more with Erica. Um, I, I hope we get a little bit more Sutton than we have. And I think that's probably what they're mm. saving, you know, the yes. Sutton and Erica of it all for parts three and four. It'll probably end part three and then open part four, you know, their their attention. I also just have to say I really expected Sutton to be sitting a little bit closer to Andy. Maybe not all okay. Can we talk about that? <laughs> the reunion seating was a little shocking. Yeah. I was like, why is Sutton at the end? Right. Why is Sutton not sitting right next to Andy Cohen? I know. I, I can understand maybe not right next Aviva to Andy. Aviva Drescher sat next to Andy Cohen. That is true. Get Sutton up there. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, Erica had to be there, but may, and I wouldn't want to put Garcelle on the end by any means either, but, you know, Sutton should have been maybe like one over. Okay. Well, I just have to say one last thing about the seating. They have these women on the smallest pouches. When they did the zoom out of the couch with Crystal, Dorit, Rena, and Erica, I was like, they it, are elbow to elbow. It was cozy. <laughs> I mean, luckily they're all, you know, like kind of little ladies. So they just- Yeah, kind of they were like, yeah. And I think in the um, the article that just came out with Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton, I think that they said that they had wished that they had gotten their own seats. Yeah, I mean- there was the time when we were doing the socially distant reunions. Everyone had plenty of room around that. Plenty of room. To scream at each other. Mm -hmm. And then now that we're back in person, it's like, all right, everyone. All right. We're really up. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, well, Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so much fun. Oh my fun. God, I love talking to you. I know. Okay, so let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can listen to your podcast. Yeah, um, if you want to follow me, you know, just go to Instagram. I'm at Bravo Historian. Um, and then my podcast is Hot Off the Mess. It comes out every Tuesdays and Fridays and you can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. What are some of the bra- uh, outside of Bravo pop culture things that you cover on Tuesdays? Oh my God. Well, so it really depends on my mood. <laughs> it really depends <laughs> on like where the wind takes me. Right. Um, I love to talk about Bachelor Nation. I love this because there's always something there. I love to talk yeah. about the Kardashians just because like they're just a pillar in our community. Yeah. Um, and the community being like television. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, really just anything. Like I love an Olivia Munn, John Mulaney situation. I love a couple breakups, who's together, who's not. Like, I just love all of that. Are you following this Jamila investigation that Tracy Morrissey is doing on her? No, I love Tracy Morrissey's um, investigations. What is she doing now? Basically, Jamila, Jill, is that her name? The actress? She is uh allegedly is she an actress she's she's on the um what's the one with Kristen bell good place oh yes. the good place yes okay. thank you so she is allegedly you know has talked about being a musical prodigy or something but there's no real evidence of her doing music but she's like a dj there's just like this crazy deep dive that she's been doing that's like really out of control and it's hilarious. You should definitely. God, I love a deep dive. If you go on my Instagram and you go to my highlights, I have like so many yeah, of deep so. dives and feuds. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, sir. Thank you very All much. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you again for joining us. This has been so oh fun. Oh my God. Thank you and for having me. God bless the rest of this Beverly Hills reunion. Yeah. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. All right. Bye. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love. And the harm to you, too. Learn more at undo.org. As a social worker, you can become an advocate for those who can't. Earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being, whether it's in a hospital, community service agency, or another setting. What do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.